0: Let us pray, pray together on our knees. Let us pray, pray together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, oh Lord, have mercy on me. Welcome to the Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that The Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Well, hello, hello, hello again. Last week, Brother Elgin Kerlock and I looked at the thought of Christmas is a God idea. We didn't propose that God instructs us to celebrate Christmas or that the idea of December 25th is the birthday of Jesus occurs in the Bible. What we did contemplate was the thought that first prompted the idea of Christmas in the 4th century. It was the capturing of a day that was being used to give worship to false gods. And like the Apostle Paul at Marsh Hill, the point where worshipers and passes by to the unknown God which they were unintentionally worshipping. We began to look at the evidence as presented in John's Gospel, chapter 1. There John the Apostle presents the Lord Jesus as God the Son. As God the Son, and as God the Son, he came to validate the promise made to Father Abraham as recorded in Genesis chapter 12. And there God covenanted with Abram, who was later called Abraham, that he should be blessed, that God would bless him and through his offspring make him a great nation. And in that would bless all the families of the earth. We turn to Galatians chapter 4 and there the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, wrote of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Let's read it and listen in. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem, that they might receive, rather, the adoption of sons. That is the full rights of our sons. Now, I'm continuing to meditate on that, today. As we contemplate the Holy Spirit's message through Paul, let's take a minute to unwrap the meaning of adoption as intended in this text. Earlier in this message, the, the Galatian church, Paul wrote about the connection between the Jewish people's relation to the law of Moses and the new covenant of grace in Jesus Christ. Much like he does in the book of Romans. He acknowledges the legitimacy of the law of God and the Jewish people's right to observe it. But then he makes it clear that in Christ, a new law emerges. It is a law or the principle of grace. It's grace through faith in Jesus. You see, Jesus was the fulfillment of all the law demands. He was a fulfillment for the Jewish people and also for the Gentiles. The Jewish practice of adoption, as mentioned in Galatians chapter 4, was a coming-of-age ceremony whereby the heir was placed under tutors and guardians who groomed and prepared him to one day take his rightful place in the family's business and adult Affairs. If you know anything about the modern practice of bar mitzvahing today, you may better appreciate the message of Galatians chapter 4. When Jewish boys turn 13, they're ready for the ceremony which makes him a participant in the adult world of his faith. And that is similar to what Paul references in Galatians 4. He's explaining that Christ came as the initiator of a new covenant in which he establishes maturity and adult privilege on all who come under the banner of the finished work of Christ himself on the cross and his resurrection. But there's more. The church in Galatia was made up of Jews and Gentiles And Paul was highlighting the truth that God had torn down the middle wall of partition between Jews and Gentiles. They and we are all one in Christ Jesus. The only entry fee is faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Acceptance of his work on your behalf. That's the wonder of what we call the Christmas story. We will now look at some supporting arguments from the New Testament that Jesus came into the world to break down the division between Jews and Gentiles and to fulfill his promise to Abraham and to you and to me. Remember, God told Abraham that someone from his family lines would bless all the peoples of the earth. Now let's connect some of the dots if we can. The first one is Simeon's prayer of dedication and rejoicing that God had fulfilled his promises. Remember, our thesis is the idea behind the Christmas story is not just a good idea, it's a God idea. This amazing prayer of Simeon and his dedication is so special I think it merits our meditating on it Right now, instead of me rambling on, let's read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 25. It says there was a man in Jerusalem by the name of Simeon. He was a good man and very religious. He was looking for the time when the Jewish nation would be saved. And the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit made it known to Simeon that he would not die before he had seen God's chosen one, that is, the Messiah. Verse 27. He came to the house of God being led by the Holy Spirit. The parents took Jesus to the house of God. They came to do what the law said must be done. Then Simeon took Jesus in his arms. He gave honor to him and thanked God, saying, Lord, Now let me die in pieces, you have said. My eyes have seen the one who will save men from the punishment of their sins. You have made him ready in the sight of all nations. He'll be a light to shine on the people who are not Jews. He'll be the shining greatness of your people, the Jews. Joseph and the mother of Jesus were surprised and wondered about these words that were spoken about Jesus. Simeon honored them and said to Mary, the mother of Jesus, See, this child will make many people fall and many people rise in the Jewish nation. He'll be spoken against. A sword will cut through your soul. But the thoughts of many hearts will be understood and going without food so she can pray better. At the time she came and gave thanks to God, she told the people in Jerusalem about Jesus. They were looking for the one to save them from the punishment of their sins and to set them free. Now, if we don't have time to go any further, you and I can see that this Child, born in Bethlehem stall, was the promised redeemer. Christmas is a God idea. Perhaps even now, you're thinking about promises and prophecies of the Old Testament that glow with the light of Christmas child. He was more than a miracle baby. He is the Christ of God. He is a virgin's baby, but he is also God the Son. He is God the Son. He is God the Son. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel. Right about now, my friend, I feel like shouting. And I think I hear someone listening saying, Brother McLean, I don't think you can shout. I don't see you shouting. Well, my friend, that is not. And you're saying that's not your style. May I suggest to you, my friend, that this is really a hallelujah time. This is shouting ground. Glory to God in the highest. Glory, our Redeemer has come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God in the highest. Now you shout with me as I say it again, for it deserves our greatest and our best self. Glory, glory to God, our Redeemer has come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God in the highest. In John 5.39, Jesus instructed a controversial group of Jewish teachers to search the scriptures because it was those same scriptures that they were reading that confirmed his deity and his redeeming love. Let me take this opportunity to ask you whether you are celebrating Christ is here as a redeemed soul, as a rescued person, as a saved individual, for he came to save people from their sin. Jesus, the Son of God, is your Savior, is my Savior. But we have to embrace his Calvary work, his resurrection power, by faith. We are not able to fulfill all the demands of the law. But Jesus did that for you. Jesus did that for you. The Christ of Bethlehem became the Christ of Calvary. And we can't leave the baby in Bethlehem's manger. We must go beyond the manger with the Christ of God to the cross of Calvary. That's where God's redemption is acted out. That's where your salvation is paid for. That's where Jesus was able to say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. My friend, they didn't know, but you and I have the scriptures and we have the account of history that Jesus came our sins to save. And I encourage you, I implore you, I beseech you, embrace the Christ of Christmas. Let this Christmas season Glow with light from heaven above. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the, he that liveth and was dead. Jesus Christ is coming again, but he is coming for those who have humbled themselves and bowed to the cross, claimed him savior. Not the tinsel on the Christmas tree, not the glowing lights of the town square with the glow of the light of God that comes in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. What Jesus was doing was fulfilling the promise for which he came. You have no other way of receiving forgiveness and redemption for the consequences of your sin. I came, I came as a broken sinner to Jesus. You can too. So until next week, at about the same time, when Elgin well Elgin, Elgin and I will look at Hebrews eight to see more of the new covenant. Stay prayerful. Remain expectant. Our Savior is coming again. God bless you, make you a blessing. Amen. I've Yeah